0: Episode 309, The Rant, Phil Zaccaro, President of IABO Board 185, Certified Basketball Official and Educator. Phil is a New Yorker through and through. In this pod, we discuss his early life in Staten Island, his early start in officiating, his daily grind and passion he has for refing basketball, his longing to get back to normal so we can get back on the court, and his pursuit to get to the highest levels of Division I college basketball. All that and more, my conversation with Phil, Now. The rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury train station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800 square foot cyclorama wall studio, a state of the art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting. And most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for the Irrefutable magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutablecom sponsors for more information. We are The Irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest by way of Staten Island. Are you in Staten Island right now? In St- yeah, in Staten Island. Love that place, man. But uh, uh, basketball official in New York City. You also do college, correct? Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah. Awesome. And also, you a uh, longtime educator, Mr. Philip Zaccaro. How are you, my friend?
1: Good, good. How you doing today?
0: I'm good, man. I'm so excited. Like, last week, I was playing video games on my day off, and I was just... Like scrolling through Instagram, I was like, "Man, I remember this guy from the the AA City Championship. I think it was uh, Wings versus South Shore. You remember that game?
1: I do. I, yeah, I, I definitely did. Yeah. It was at uh, St. Francis, right, Brooklyn. Yeah, there was. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah.
0: That was a crazy game. Definitely a crazy game. When did you catch wind of uh, referee rant?
1: I I think I've been following you for like the last like maybe it's been a while now. I can't put my finger on it, but um, just you know, looking at the content you put out, all the referees. Uh, one of my one of my good buddy fellow officials, uh, Carlos Martinez. He's uh, big on Instagram, so I was follow him, and, mm. think, and I think I win the pay through him.
0: Shout out to the president of Board One Nineteen, Carlos Martinez. That's my man. Right. So we also talked off air uh, when we were just you know trying to figure out when we we're going to schedule this. You said that you missed officiating. Uh, any, any word on your end about just PSAL Catholic League anything in the city because there just doesn't seem any uh, movement and. It's really weird now because I would have never thought that Long Island would have the infrastructure to be like, we're going to play games and we're going to do it as safe as possible. I never would have thought that it would be an advantage that the leagues are smaller out here and that we have the green light as opposed to the city, which is still in limbo. Yeah.
1: So um, I know we haven't spoke about this, but I'm actually the president of my board of 185 in Long Island. From what I, I, you know, I'm in touch with a lot of people on my board, my. Treasurer and Secretary, they're close-knit with a lot of the schools and the organizations, they have young kids, one of them. And, you know, they try to, they, you know, give me their year and what they hear going on even within the schools. And, you know, they just – honestly, right now it's a weekend game because from what we hear, even as being an educated in New York City, it's all about, uh, you know, the blood you know, deal and, you know, the health and the hospitals now. And from one, the last thing I've heard was that he's not letting high school basketball fight until public school students are back in school and on the PSL side. So that's not even an option. And the other only option is, they're saying with the Catholics, they were supposed to get something by February 1st, and they're still waiting on it. So he hasn't come out with anything. It was supposed to be two weeks after February 1st, after that, and then still nothing. So he's just uh, staying dormant, I guess you could say. Wow. With his decision.
0: Yeah, and I was also thinking that I know that PSAL just got a mandate saying that they got to get their certifications correct. And, you know, I just was putting two and two together, and I'm also a multi-sport official. I do baseball. I'm assuming right. those are for more of the spring sports and not so much basketball because, I don't know, you tell me, Phil, from your vantage point, don't you think it's like we're so behind the eight ball we're taping this on February 22nd? It just does I mean, at this moment in time, we would be, you know, deep into championships and, and you know, city state championships and feder- starting to worry about federations. Don't you think it's too late in the game now?
1: You know, I, I think it might be, and I, I honestly hope it isn't, just for the, the seniors, and the, you know, the kids in high school who wanted to have a season. You know, you heard about a lot of kids, they jumped shift, they went to Jersey, they went to the prep schools, or, they, or, you know, out of New York to play, and you can't blame them. But, you know, I hope the kids that stayed or, or didn't have, you know, the, the ability to, to finance, you know, financially able to leave the, the city or, you know, have families able to do that for them and, you know, go play, and these poor kids are out here, not even having a season, you know, it's it's, it's tough, it's tough, it really is tough, it's really about the kids now, honestly.
0: Yeah, I I don't even know, like, I mean, we're all affected, right, there's just like no, there's no equality in this, everyone is, it's like being old, old age, like, everyone is going through this thing, but I did want to ask you about, you know, now we're dealing with this for a whole year now, and it's, like I said, it's it's a weird time, because we're super frustrated, we're kind of just trying to get on with, I feel like Everyone is kind of wearing masks now because we're just like so used to it, maybe because it's cold. But I want to go back to, you know, last March, you know, the time when when everything started. First, I want to ask you, how were how you holding up during this whole coronavirus? How was how your family holding up with the coronavirus? And going back to March, I don't know if you were still doing basketball games, but when was the moment that you took all of this like really serious?
1: You know, it's funny because in, in March, I didn't take it serious at all. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was just like, all right, you know, this is going to be quick. It's going to be over really fast. You know, I was, I was at work one day and I'm like, oh, we're definitely shutting down. You know, I'm thinking like two weeks and then we'll be back. And then uh, it's funny. I actually, I actually also, let's you know, give myself a little plug, but I have a, I run my own league in town as well, a men's league, a recreational league. And I just took it over to a partner tomorrow. I took it over to a partner because get it like I retired. And I actually got through one didn't even get through one full season of the league. Yeah. And we were actually in play with my league and the whole we had to set the whole thing down. We had we had, we had players calling us up and saying, Hey Phil, you know, I got I got young kids at home and worried we're worried about playing and we literally shut down on it. we had a we we played Monday and we had Wednesday, Thursday, and we had the following Wednesday Thursday for semis and finals mm-hmm. and we still didn't play it yet and I still to the day have players texting me, Hey Phil, when are we playing? Hey Phil, when are we playing? <laughs> Like, and I want to be, and I want to be like, hey guys, you watch the news, and, you know, like, yeah, you know, bro, because I don't, we don't have any control over that. Obviously, but there's no gym in there, right, mind, That's gonna give you, let you play in there. You know, you think about lawsuits and issues, and you know, obviously fines. And I'm like, guys, trust me. I go, I told, I actually literally before I got a phone call, you, a player literally asked me, want to be playing? And I said, dude, when we play, I might cry. I go, <laughs> so, and I go, and I'm repping every game. Like I was just said, I'm joking about that, but I really might cry. <laughs> But Anthony, go back to your question, honestly, it didn't really hit me until like, you know, it started March, April, May. It was like June towards the end of the school year, you know, being a teacher. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, my my wife and I have a four-year-old son. And I'm like, this is great all the time we are spending together. But I'm like, this is crazy. At that point, I was like, this is crazy. I couldn't believe how long it was going. And then you've seen it. There really was no end in sight. Because then at that point, all they were talking about how, well, we knew there was going to be a spike come winter, fall winter. So. That would have something real for me, not until like four
0: months later. To be honest with you. Mm. But what about your day to day? I'd say like March, April, May, June, July. just as an educator in the Department of Education, was it a lot different? Were you doing remote classes, and also just from the officiating perspective, were you thinking about officiating? Were you thinking about going to camps? Were you even engaged, or were you just kind of like being a father and just enjoying the time that you had with your family?
1: No, well, you know, I, I had I had one camp that I wanted to go to. I wanted to go to one of the consortiums for so Division One. Uh, that was really my only thing, and maybe a Division Two tryout. I really, you know. But once that, you know, once that all must have been a demo camp, I knew that was kind of old, but It wasn't even in my. It was it was a short thought to be honest with you, because I, I knew it wasn't going to happen. And then you know my day to day was you know the DOE, which you know I have nothing bad to say about. It. They have you know it's the biggest system in New York City. It's crazy in the, in the country. Uh, you know, we have a, we have a you know, ton, the, the most amount of students in buildings, it's crazy what they have to deal with. And the infrastructure wasn't really in place. It was too quick. So we, would, we were teaching remote. But, you know, it was, if I was teaching, if I was on the computer for an hour a day, maybe meeting with kids, you know, who needed really help, you know, one-to-one or, you know, a small group, that really was it. It was really everything was online. We would set up classes, set up stuff for that. And we just consistently graded. We didn't have the rapport that you would have with your administration. You know the camaraderie, your teachers, you lost that and all of that in your everyday life, and it really like it was. You know, you could you could actually use the word depressing. Honestly, the the job became depressing. I'm sure everyone felt the same way, but all I went back to was like, you know what? My family's healthy, we're safe, and I have a job, so I couldn't be. I, I kept on saying to myself, "There's someone out there worse than me, so how could I be really that upset?" You know?
0: Yeah the least common denominator has always been just like the simplicity of it all. Right. So when you kind of just think about all the beats of what we've been through, it's just like, man, I'm just happy to see my boy, man. You know, I'm just so happy that I get to just like share a meal with somebody or go to your favorite restaurant. I mean, I remember in the beginning when we found out there was a Chinese restaurant open, we were like, yo, this is a Chinese restaurant open. We were so amped up because it just was weird. But you know, now a year's time just on the officiating side, I believe that you you started to miss it, right? Like, when was that moment where you are like, you know what? I'm itching to get back on the court. And it's probably because when when Cuomo said high risk sports are going to be played, I don't know how you were feeling, especially in the city, because I was like, okay, well, there, it's got to open up and it's going to be eminent. Did you think differently because of the high risk sports got uplifted by Cuomo? No, uh, you know, you
1: know what? I, I, to be honest with you, I, I'm I almost I think the year up almost was a blessing. Like I said I've been doing this since I'm 21, I'm doing it 17 years, and as my, and I really do miss it a lot, but. It, the year off was almost been a blessing, you know. The time, like you said, you know, your family. I was never home for, I never home for dinner. Mm-hmm. Never home for, you know, like even just my regular, my regular schedule would have been if you know during a regular week or no normal week of basketball, would I would do say two PSL games during the week, two Catholic leagues during the week, and two college games during the week on a, on a normal schedule for me between junior colleges, Division threes, PSL on the Catholic. If I had one day off a week, it was amazing. Plus, I ran my own men's league. You know, it's like my, my, my family time would be literally going from home, grab my bag, run to a gym. If it was a PSL game, I actually was a blessing because I got home around like 637 where I could spend, you know, have like a late day with my wife and kid and, and then I was, you know, on the couch. I was, I was shot, you know, because I was working, you know, I went working basketball. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a blessing to me, to be honest with you. And, you know, the itch to get back is kind of like starting now, to be honest with you. Because this season is like to me, it was crazy with masks and testing and you know, if you want to run colleges, you know, you gotta you gotta get a test every week, once a week, and it's just like it's a like you. It's it's it's. You know, I love the sport, I love the game, and I miss being on the sport, especially with the guys and the fellow officials, and going to pair a beer after a game is one of my favorite things to do. Just talk about uh, talk about our games, talk about our lives. And I miss that. I miss that more than anything. But do I really want to do it now with everything going on? You know, I still watch some film. I watch tape. You know, I watch actual ref quests and stuff like that. And I, I stay involved like that, but in terms of like, I want, I want to rep when repping is really back. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: it's not really fun with the mask. I'll tell you that much. I was even thinking about today during the time I'm like, man, I'm so excited to go outside and just take my mask off so I can breathe because dude, it is, it is, it's weird. It's very weird. And the game that I was on today was like stream live and it was like all over long. It was one of the top girls teams in, in high school ball in Long Island they were like, oh, you're on TV. You have to wear a mask. Not that I wasn't not going to wear a mask, but there was this girl that was kind of like trying to put it kind of clandestinely down. And she got caught by the administrator. And she was like, if she goes, if she does that again, then we got to pull her off. She can't play anymore. And he was being dead serious. And it was, you know, just a different world. But, you know, this whole time, this whole year, you've got a lot of time to reflect. You've had a lot of time to not be on the court. You've had a lot of time to just gather your thoughts and give you some perspective and try to figure out you know, how much reffing means, how much life means. What do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time? <laughs>
1: you know, the biggest thing is I feel like, obviously, you're a father yourself. Right? So I feel like the biggest thing that is like, how you realize how much you are not a caretaker in your own home. Mm. How how much your wife really does for you, because, and for the family. That's a fact. It's like, you know, if you're not home, when you're not home, it's just like, all right, you know, I'm out there, you know, go to your games, check her in the mail, it's a nice little bonus, it's a nice little application, you know, where, you know, that's vacation money, you know, money. it's going out to nice dinners, you know, that's not coming out of our checking or, you know, our savings or whatever, that's paying the bills. The bills. And, you know, and it's appreciated by, you know, your, your wife and like she takes care of everything. And now you're home and it's like, oh, honey, put your son, to put me to bed, Maybe, you know, put this put on the son bed, go play with him, uh, go spend more time with him, go do this. I and mean, you're like, it was. it's like, it's a big change in your life. And you start to realize, you know, and appreciate how much your significant other does for you. That's like my, that was my biggest realization.
0: Wow, hundred percent, man. Do you think that when it is full force, do you think you're going to go back gung ho just the way you used to, or do you think you're going to pull back because of your experience with your family now?
1: No, I don't. I don't know how to do it any other way, bro. I I, I either go a hundred. I don't go. Yeah, yeah cool. I get I get like engrossed in it. I can't help it. I'm not going to say no to games. I really don't turn anything back. I'm not one of those guys. I mean, I, I I've gotten as I've gotten you know a little older and a little I I pick. I'll pick and choose my battles. You know. But I'm not one, I'm pretty, I'm loyal. That's the thing, I try to be loyal. That, you know, if you're not loyal, especially in this business, that's how that, that you get hurt, Yeah. you know?
0: You're dropping, G- Phil, you're dropping gems right now. I just want to let you know that.
1: <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just very honest, man. <laughs>
0: I love it, man. And obviously you have a passion for officiating. You must have got that with the love of sports somewhere somewhere along the way early on. So having said that, where did you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and in college?
1: Yeah, so you know, to be like my my father was very sports sports oriented, and like I'd be honest, with you, I was like a brat. I was like, ah, you know, I don't need to do this. I was like, I was always athletic, always smart, so I was always like, it'll come to me. I didn't, you know I didn't have to work at as I was younger, but as I got into it, I played ball. You know, CYL. I didn't stop playing CYL until, like sixth grade. My first time I played basketball, and I was always tall. I was, I'm like I'm six one. I was in the bigger always on the bigger side, I was stocky, so I would always kind of do through the game. I was able like, to blow myself around a little bit. And um, then I started playing high school. I played my four years at Peter's. You know, I did all right. Nothing, nothing spectacular. And uh, then I went to go to play the CSI, and I was trying out with them. And I was playing a little bit, but I was like, school was crazy because, like, I did so well in high school, everything, like I was saying, everything came easy, and college was a whole in the world. And uh, you, you really, you don't you have to, like, teach yourself how to study. And I was like, so I was bombing some class. I was like, what am I doing right now? And I needed, I needed a job. So I was literally a paper boy while I was going to school. And then I seen the tape of like CYO reps, and I was like, I'm like, oh, I love basketball. Why not try this? Literally, one day, I stopped. I, I, stopped, I, I left I left the team. I played like two minutes to see a body, <laughs> not even. And I went and I, tried, I went into the class, and next thing you know, I was repping. I mean, I did three years of CYO. I did my, then I did this IVOL test. What's it called? I'm doing it now 17 years, 17, nine years in colleges, and 17 years in total. I, just, I never stopped. Stop, you know? That's crazy.
0: And now you're the president. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, I've been on the board. I've been on the executive board for, like I'd say, about six years or like seven years. Or like. I, I went from member of large. I did, I did four years as a member of large, and then I was the vice president for two years, and then the president. Mm. We do a little. It's a little different outside. I know on the no boards, usually it could be a one-year term. Uh, we do two years out here. Obviously, we're a smaller board. We're, we're like seventy officials
0: on our board. Mm. I do want to go back to that part where you were playing, I think for people across the country around the world, I think it'd be interesting to, for you to explain what's, what basketball is like in Staten Island. What is it like there?
1: No, that's a great question. Well, basketball in Staten Island, I feel like it is, uh, it's like the old boys club, you know, for the lack of a better word. I, I, I mean, like, it's the best way to explain it, you know, it's the best way to say if it, someone's father knows somebody at high school and those, like, you know, if they got 16 kids in there, 14 or 16, they were, they were already on those teams in terms of the Catholic schools and, and, and on St. Island. And then you were – and there were kids that were extremely talented that made the teams as well. Don't get me wrong. Some of them were great. But it was a lot of who you knew. That's how St. Island is. And then when you get to the games and you talk about St. Island, it's just like – it's a smaller island. So the games are – people are at the games, you know. You know, when you're there, those, those gyms are packed. You know, you got got the, the famous – you know, Thanksgiving Eve game, Peters and Curtis. You know, I played the Peters, you know, he was sitting on the bench. You know, it was like, it was a great atmosphere. You got 2,000 people in high school open opening night, Thanksgiving Eve. That game is still packed to this day whenever it's being played. It's a rivalry, you know, and I got the chance to play in it, and I got the chance to rep it as I got older, you know. So it, it, it's a great experience as a referee. Crazy learning curve because you don't get those, you know, maybe a bigger game, you know, where – there's like six people in the gym, even though it's two talented teams. When you at the center, you could be doing the two worst teams, and you still got hundreds of people in the gym. And back in the day when I first started repping, they had everything was on TV. They had a lot of TV games. They used to do like the Friday night games on TV. So I was like 20 years old, 22 years old, and I'm repping a game on TV and like going in there like probably purple because I was so nervous. <laughs> but I mean, the atmosphere is there. You know, parents are yelling at you. Fans are screaming at you. You know, you're not walking into a gym, a gym in the middle of Brooklyn and nobody knows you. It's right. just Go to your game at home. Like, everyone knows, oh, there's Phil. Oh, all right. You know, and then you play like you, you hated you. I feel like it's down now and they, there was no little, no, no medium. But they did respect you, though, They if you were in their respect. But I will say this as, as a painting as they could be, the fans, they know the game. I will say that. A lot of them did know the game.
0: Man, it's a fun place. I remember the first time I got an assignment there, and, and I had, listen, this is, I'm from Long Island, so I don't know anything about this culture. I had St. Joe's by the Sea versus Monsignor Farrell, right? Yeah. I didn't know what that record was. I go into St. St. Joe's by the Sea. You know how, you remember like two years ago when they were doing like renovations to the parking lot? You remember that? At see.
1: At see. Yeah, at C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: know what you're
1: talking about, absolutely.
0: So I go that day and I'm thinking like, okay, well, it's, it's, I probably got to park all the way in the back because of the construction. No, there was, the cars were all over the place. I, I, had, I did not understand what was happening. I go into and, and I think in the freshman game was before my game, and it was packed, and I was confused, like I was legit confused as to like why there was so many people there, and it makes so much sense that it's like, I, how much pride do you have living in Staten Island? Being from Staten Island, you know,
1: what? I'm not, even, I'm not, I'm not like a Staten Island guy like that. I'm more of like a New York, New York guy. I wouldn't say I've always like feel like I'm being part of the five boroughs. To be honest, here. I'd never be like, oh, I'm. You know, with Staten Allen? I've never been like that. I've always been like I'm a New Yorker. That's how I. That's how I identify as. Mm. You know, I lived. There, I, I got married I lived in Brooklyn. For four years. I love Brooklyn, and I love where I live. I just I never identified as like oh I'm a big time. You know, I'm a Staten Islander. Oh. Um, I feel like I always, I always want to be like a New Yorker. I'm.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm so excited for like younger, younger officials to uh, to listen to this because. I got into this when I was in my 30s, and I'm very similar in your age. But when you think about, like, ref experience, you have so much more because you started at such a earlier age than I did. And, you know, when you're trying to convince somebody that loves playing basketballs in the men's league, and I'm like, yo, you should start refing, man. Like, you'd be good at this. It's like you see a lot of, you know, you inside of somebody else, and you wish you can you know, give that foresight. But you probably have, you know, the story to tell.
1: We'll tell too many people that story because then I doesn't take money for you from us.
0: <laughs> but um, w- when it comes to When it comes to like You were doing CYO in the beginning When was the moment that you took Like refing really serious
1: What's it called I'd, I'd say it was my third year Because I, I started to get it You know I really started to get it I started to like Feel like I could ref I knew the, I knew the game And I started I went to like my, my first camp that year and, and that kind of That first camp I went to Was a smaller camp It was a Bishop Ford And it was It was the best thing ever because you actually learned how to wreck and you realize that you really, you didn't know, you know, anything until you, you know, you, you, you had some talent, you know, maybe you, you knew the calls, you know, the coaches liked you in the games. You, you were doing like those varsity eight games, you know, and then like you know, you felt good about yourself. But until I went to my first camp, that's when I started to realize, wow, wow, I'm, I really, I'm really starting to get, I'm learning how to you. And you realize, you know, you, you start comparing yourself to other, other guys, mm. other, other talented officials. Mm. You know, who were who as good as me, who, are, who are as good as me, and who are far lost the path I am right now. It's, it's, it's great to see, you know, where you are. But the camp, my third year, was probably the best thing. And I, I got to tell you a quick, quick story, but it was the best experience of my life repping. When I really, really got it, I think it was my fifth year. And this really, this really set me. I was, yeah, was my fifth year, I was 26, so I'll never forget it. And I'm doing a game with, a, I'm not going to use names, but it was a Division One referee. It was last year, it was, it was last year repping. High school and he really stayed down to record me and a buddy of mine, because we were both coming up at Boston. We were like kind of the next guys. that were kinda of getting p- pushed into the colleges. They wanted to, you know, they were talking about us. And I'm doing a game, and it was a big set game I started out, was a public school versus Catholic school. The gym is packed. I'm like, I'm definitely like I'm definitely gonna to go watch change my diaper when I went home after the game. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm doing the game and I get a block charge so he comes right out and it's easy, it's an easy easy charge call, and it's the best player in the game. And instead of calling a charge on him, I call a block, and I'm like, oh my god, I wow. just this and I got, you know, a thousand people in the gym looking at me. I'm like probably beat red, <laughs> and my partner now looks at me. Obviously, partner, and I'm like, and I even I lost the play. I don't know now. I now I called the wrong call, and I don't even know who I called it on. So now I go to my partner, and I'm like. I go, buddy. Or what, what? Who was that on? He tells me the number. I go, thank God I reported. <laughs> I go by the coach, and he's he's ripping me a new one. And I go, coach. I go, I effed it up. I'll get better. And he he smacked me on the butt, and he goes, get away from me. <laughs> 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 and that's what. And and that was one of the best things that ever happened because this is why the story. This story is so important, and really, people really should. If they do listen to this, they can learn from this. That division one guy comes up to me and my partner. and we get in the locker room at halftime. And he goes, he goes, if you stink, and you stink, then we all stink. And I was like, and now, this is me. I'm 26. I'm doing varsity games. This is a top-level varsity games, This is first and second place. It was a big game towards the end of the season. I'm all pumped up. And I got this guy just ripping us. And you know what? It brought, it brought me down to where we, you had, I had to bring myself down. Because you, you, really, you could be so talented, but you can't teach experience, number one. And one thing I learned and it's still true today, it'll always be the same. No matter what level you're referee, you're only as good as your partners phil you are, your peers. So if you can't rest, no one's gonna wanna work with you. Yeah. But it worked out great because after the game, another guy, a bigger time guy, came in the locker room and he's like, Phil, he goes, I'm ha- if you at your age, I would have been happy to be where you are right now. It's amazing how far you're from already. And that kinda kinda that was kinda like, oh, the buffer that makes you feel a little better to, to build because the one guy took it down, the other one back up. But you know, you gotta Basketball fishing is a humbling experience. It's it's it, it, it's amazing how humbling it is, you know. So you, you can't go out there and beat yourself up all the time. You just got to realize, hey, there's going to be guys that are going to move on. They're going go to the buy you. You just got to keep on striving to get better and hopefully, you know, get an opportunity. That's all this is. That's all this thing is: is getting an opportunity and take advantage of and being up, being good enough to you know to do it. Really,
0: yeah, hundred percent. Now going back to the like, just trying to navigate this whole game when you're young, I, that had to be very difficult, like. I, I think about like, just like when I felt like I was fully, fully mature as a person, like 27 was when I felt like, okay, like I have a good command of like maturity. I know like patience and, and things. I can't imagine refing at that time. Cause I was just such a loose cannon. What was it yeah. like to, what was it like to navigate when you were that young? And also like, what kind of advice would you give somebody that's young in the game? That's, you know, trying to just get to where you were at that point. The advice. Oh, I'll
1: answer the second question first. Uh, the advice I would give to any new official is, is get, go out. You have to rep as many games as you possibly can. See as many plays as you possibly can. And just keep your mouth shut is the best I can say. Mm. You have to listen. You have to listen to what people are saying. Like, you know, because in this game, you can have 100 people say something to you and give you advice. You don't have to take 100 things with you. You could take 10 because you thought those were good. And those other 90, was well, they, they were hard. I don't like what you have to say you don't have to even say anything. Just take what people give you. Learn from experience. And if you're going to add, obviously, you want to ask questions, you ask questions. But, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, you know, they always used to say when I first came up, it was, uh, you know, everyone knows Nick Itani. Of course. And couldn't say. There was no such thing. You would not have to say, yeah, but. There was no such thing, yeah, but. Mm. If you kick the play, or you might say he says something to you, you know, what are you going to do? And, like, I remember my first question to Nick when, when I, you know, when I went to a camp and he evaluated me, I was like, Nick, I go, I didn't, I didn't ask him how to play. I didn't ask him how I did. Then was, you know, where do you see me? When do you think i to get to that next level, to that college level? When am I going to be there? And literally he told me a year to two. And, and a year to two, I, I made it to the colleges. So these guys, man, they they know what they're talking about. These guys, they can, they, you know, that made it, that up there. You know, if you're a good person, they're going to look out for you. So, you you know, that's, and they're going to the look out you. So that's the best advice. You know, listen to the people – you know, be a good person. Because if you're not a good person, no one's going to want to be work with you. Yeah, and then, and then take people's advice and and you'll learn from it. And just because I always say this, I mean, I, I, I get, I've been on the court with guys and I know I'm a lot better than, it, but their experience level, you can't teach that. And you see and you see some of the stuff you they do. You're like, wow, that was great. Where they handle the coach, the way they handle the player, that that I my my play form might be superior. But they just the things they do, you're like, Wow, you know what, that's something I gotta do. Because mm-hmm. you always think something, you know? And even when they kick they continue you rip up guys who aren't good, new guys, you're like, Hey, that's something I'm not gonna do. So that wasn't good. And that's what I've learned as I've gotten older. But like you said, like you were saying to your point, when you're younger, you're gonna like, lose hands. I remember when I first started thinking I was good, I was a team up coaches all over the place. I was like I was like, This guy should respect me. But <laughs> respect is definitely earned. It's not it's not like bought with a technical foul to be and that's something I learned pretty quick because that changes the whole outlook in terms of that relationship between coach and official.
0: So Nick wasn't off with what he just said to you when he said you're, you're two no. you're, you're off. That's crazy.
1: Great guy. Man. He was really, he really was. He
0: was awesome. Wow. Shout out to Nick, man. But I also wanted you to have the opportunity to shout out any mentors other than Nick that paved the way for you. And how do you think all of those mentors that you've had shaped the way you've helped people after you?
1: You know, you know what? I you about, I, I'll go back to Abel really quick. That's one of the best things about, you know, being an IEVO member is that a lot of, you know, you look forward to it. You look up to the guys. And even CBOA college, you look up to the guys that are above you. And those guys are around. You always reach out and talk to them. And it's so important. But so just to mention a couple of guys that really helped me out were uh, Andrew Myra when I first started coming up. He's a big time, D, big D1 guy. Uh, Dave Fernandez, great friend and probably my my biggest mentor. And even though the, the guys are from St. Allen, I looked up to, like, like Gary Frager. Who was a huge, big-time, big East official, and these guys are just amazing. I still look at them all the time, think about them. You know, I, I try. I'm trying to watch them on TV when they're out there repping, seeing what they're doing. You know, And it, it's just you just they're. Uh, if once you make a friend, once you once you become friendly with these guys, and it's, obviously, they're sincere friendships. Obviously, even you know off the court, you know, you know they're looking out for you, vice versa. Uh, it's uh it's a great thing. It really is. Well, so those are the, those are the top three guys I would say as a mentor. When I had my peers, obviously, that I'm super quiet. I came super close with right through the years. Mm. But the, the three top guys, I'd say, that really helped me out along the way.
0: Now, just for you with your experience, like after year one, year two, year three, all the way to like year six, year seven, when did you start feeling comfortable? And, and this is something that just like started recently happening to me. I'd say within the past three years of like people looking up to you and asking you for, your, for mentorship. Like when were you comfortable um, in that skin and then being able to dispense that?
1: You know, I don't know if I've I don't know if I'll ever be comfortable with that. To be honest with you, I'll, because my my biggest thing that I have trouble with is like I I want to help people if I could, but I want to help people that want to be helped. You know what I mean? It's like and it's tough to, you know, it's tough to read that read. You you know you know the people I should say that want to be helped. Hundred percent. And it just it's a it's a hard to figure that out too sometimes. Sometimes it's like, does yeah, this, this guy does this guy want me to tell him this or? Uh, is it my place or, you know, it, it's just like, you know, I, oh, I almost wish people would just be more free to have conversations with each other. Instead of me saying, Hey, hey you know, Ralph, oh, you know, that play, you know, blah, blah, It'd be like, it'd be, so, it'd be so easy if you said, Hey, Phil, let's talk about a couple of plays this game. And, and like, it, obviously we're talking about a post game there too, but it doesn't always be after the game it could be a car at home. It could be like, "Hey, okay, let's grab a, you know, a drink afterwards. Let's talk about basketball. And I think that that's, how I like it. Like, if you, obviously, you can tell by a conversation. I mean, I feel like I could talk about basketball all day long and officiating, and we could talk about. I mean, we could, I would, I'd look at plays and scenarios, and you know, talk about coaches, and that's amazing stuff. I love it. I mean, I love, that's why I love the game. but there's so much No, one realizes. I mean, people do realize in the business that anyone can pull the whistle and call a foul, but this the, the nuances, you know, plays and coaches and you know, fans and all this stuff. Those are all combinations as well. Yeah, and you know. And it's like, and I don't know how I would be truly comfortable, you know, reaching out. Um, I'm more, I'm an emotional person. So I'll be more, well, I'll m- more like speak out if someone says something that I, that I kind of find ridiculous, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I'd rather have a conversation with somebody, but if someone says something that's kind of silly in a sense, you know, that's the time where I'll, I'll kind of step forward and like say something and like kind of like not, not put someone, not trying to embarrass something or put them in their place or anything like that just say, you know, let's think about that before we make that statement because, you know, did you really, when I mean, you made that call when you were looking at a play or something going on, you know, did you you really you really believe what you're saying right now? You know, that's the only time I'll kind of say something to be honest with you.
0: Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. This is like a ref's ref uh, podcast. I haven't had one of these in a while because we've just been talking about stories. So, like, this is like the first time, like, we talk about refereeing. I like this, man. When did you start being, like, what what led you to start serving on the board and then ultimately get to the point? When did you want to get involved uh, administratively?
1: I don't know if I had a choice to be honest with you. Mm. It was just like it was almost like you know it was um, voluntold, not volunteered. It was like you were you were the young guy you were coming up. You know you wanted to be a college draft. You know get involved with the board. You know see what see the learn the ins and outs. You know le- you know and you know and I I mean I always wanted to be part of it. You know I'm, I'm like I'm a people person you know I want to be involved I want to I, I try to be everyone's friend if I possibly could you know if I, if I could i I'd have the whole board of my house every day every day during the free whole quarantine you know the quarantine you know I'm just like I like I like I like people I like I like talk to people i like work with people and I even like te- I even like teaching you know to be obviously I'm a teacher though. I do truly really like to teach I really look like the look and break down plays and I like partnerships you know so I feel like you know this I i Ibo and the CboA it's all a bit, it's a large Partnership and, if, and the more people that get involved, the more people voice their pains and talk, and, and you're gonna learn, you learn, you know. And that's that's what got me involved and wanted to do it. And then obviously, this guy was in terms of the limit, in terms of wanting to become president, and you know, all that sort of stuff. It's, it it kind of was like it was more progressive, and you know, that's that's where it led me to. Hmm.
0: Now, I, I don't know if you ref anything else, but if you could officiate another sport, what would it be and why? And do you officiate anything else?
1: I, you know, what I think my wife would kill me if I ref any other sport. <laughs> Because I just do enough basketball as it is. But, yeah. I mean, if I was to do this sport, it would definitely be football. Just because that's my second favorite game. I, you know, I, I, love, I love football. I mean, I, I really, really do. You know, I'll, I'll watch more football games than I will even basketball games. Mm, me too. So, I just, the, the game, I mean, that's a whole other story. But the game of basketball has changed. Now, I was an, I'm, a, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm 38. So, I think about, like, the Knicks back in the day with the Knicks and the Bulls and the Heat and all those. That, 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 to me, that was basketball. I'm starting to get into it now again, a little bit more now. But I mean it, i just feel like the game went through such a change. It, it kinda of almost became hard for me to watch for, for that reason and also because I was I'm repping so much. Mm. like when I come home, how much more basketball can I watch? You know, you look at your repping, you're seeing a game, you're looking at plays on like, you know, you're looking at videos on Arbor, you look at all this other stuff, and I'm just like, you kinda of like you kind of, you kinda of burn out a little bit where you kinda of almost I feel me personally, well, I had to step away where I couldn't watch any more basketball. You know. So I did my best to watch it on the court. No yeah.
0: <laughs> matter, yeah, yeah, yeah. You watched the bubble, though, right?
1: I did not watch. I watched very little of the bubble. I did not watch it really. Really, I watched the last basketball was the Jordan special. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't get into it. No fans. All I just it just like kind of threw me. Like this whole thing threw me. Like like I was saying before, like the whole pandemic to me it's not real. It's like I know it's real. Like obviously, COVID nineteen is a real thing. But it's like you can't believe it's happening. And I just, like, I, I just don't want to – I'm not, I'm not against it. I just don't – it's, like, to me, it's not real. It's not a real basketball. It's, like, there's no one in the stands. You know, you got guys opting out. You got guys, you know, not playing. Who's that, you know, games to cancel all the time. It's just, like, and I'm, I'm also a disgruntled Knicks fan, so it's kind of hard for me to get into it as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I could see that. Who, what do you like, Giants, Jets?
1: No, I'm a Giants, Yankees, Knicks.
0: Giants, Yankees, Knicks.
1: If I dabble on hockey at the Rangers, but that's very, very just a dabble. Playoff time, maybe. Yeah,
0: that's about it. After everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time? As an educator and as a basketball official?
1: Yeah, you know, resilience is a word I would say. You know, hard work and being very resilient because it's it's a it's a tough mental it's a tough mental game. It really is, and it's 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 you know it's it's the only job where. You know, every – you think about it, every single player out there, there could be something, right? You're on the court with, you know, 40 minutes, 30, you know, 32 minutes, whatever the case may be, whatever game you're doing. And there's something going on every time. And you're, and you're only as good as your last call. So that's always in your head. You know, you're dealing with, you know, partners that you work with. Some guys you might like, some guys you don't like. That's something you're grappling with. You're grappling with supervisors. Did I, get the, did I get the amount of games that I want to get? Did I get the best games that I want to get? Did I get all the playoff games that I want to get? I want, I want, Am I better than this guy? Am I better than that guy? Where should I be? Oh, how did this guy move on, and how I didn't get moved on? So you you uh, you consistently like having a mental game. Am I am I in shape? Am I am I am I, in, am I fit enough? Is my look is my look right? You know, did I did I make the right enough to those connections? So it's there's so much involved. It's such a mental game, and I just feel like the biggest thing I tell myself is is don't give up. You know, there's no time where it's it's too late or too soon for that matter. I, I just tell anyone that, that's in this and really, really loves it, because you have to really love this. Because if you're a rep in high school and the, the Duke College and Division three and you're not a Division one official where you're making thousands of dollars, you know, somebody is nice, but it's not life-changing. And the time away you from your family because you're constantly repping could be life-changing, you know, mm-hmm. for, for someone in your family. And I just want to show you, know, you really have to have, if you have, to have a passion. And I just, you know, and I just think about the players, you know, think about those coaches, those coaches, you know, that could be their job if they keep on losing, you know, especially you get to the college level, you know, those players that could be their last game or the only time they got on the court. So I just try and put that in perspective, you know, think about myself, what am I doing for myself? How am I improving year in year out? How am I, am I staying in shape so I'm able to do my job correctly? You know, do I, you know, cause I, it's just, there's so many things involved that, when someone says, "Oh, like you said before, you know, tell guys to get involved with special men's leagues and stop playing," right? Yeah, that's great, but they they don't know the first thing about really what it's to be an official and you know what it really takes mm. to go out there today and get better and you know, and and like you said, and like I got to before the best compliment you can, have, you can get, and I feel like what keeps your head in it is from your peers. Like you know, you get that referee, especially a guy above you, and he says, you know, Phil." You kick, you you kill that game today. You didn't miss anything, and even your no calls were good. And it's not from your, your mom, your dad, you know. It's like, oh, yeah. it's from there that you know it's moved on. You know, and, uh, and you're like, that's something you you know that you put in your, you know your memory bank. You don't let go of. And and like I said, that's story I told you before about you know the red guy, you know about those super division uh, one referee telling me, you know if you stink, we all stink. And you got to say, you know you you know where you came from, where you're going, and where you want to be, right? And and it's all a mental game. And you, and you just can't give anyone any reason not to make, help you move forward or, or progress. Mm. Like I said, if you're a sheep, you know, you're, that's a knock against you. One of the first things I was ever told, you know, if you could be the best referee, if you're out of shape, they're going to look at you and say, they're going to walk right by. And then I'm going to sit in your court and give you an opportunity. So the best thing is say, you give yourself opportunities, you know, keep yourself physically fit, and keep yourself men- and mental, mentally, fit is probably the most important in the world. You know, just keep on striving to be better. I mean, that's all you can do. And it's a very, very, very hard job. And yeah. I, I wouldn't wish anyone, but I
0: love it. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. I made a whole website about it. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go as a basketball official?
1: Um, well, my, like I said, there's no time limit, but I, I am 38. So I figured I got my window is shrinking, but I would still love to make it to Division One at some level. And uh, like I said, you know the you know the top levels, Big East and ACC and all those things. Is, I mean, those are dream and Those are dreams anyway. And you're talking about probably the top, you know, maybe three percent get there. Not even two percent, whatever. But I mean, if I if I can make it to the Northeast Conference at one point, right? Korea, the Ivy, the Patriot. And you know, once I get there, then I and if I do well, hey, listen, I would strive to go great. I would strive to go further. Don't get me wrong. You got to take it one step at a time. Like you know, obviously it's a baby. You crawl before you walk. So. If I can make it to that level, you know, I'd be very happy, you know. I'm not one of those guys that says, you know, I want to be the best high school ref I could be, or the best division three ref or junior college ref I could be. I just feel like then you limit yourself by saying that. And some people are happy with that and that's great. But you got you need guys to cover those games and you and that enjoy it. But I, I feel like if I if I said that to myself or put a limit to myself, that'll kinda of restrict me and that'll obviously then I won't be able to reach my goals. So that
0: to that, answer answer that question. <laughs> yes, it does, man. And if you can, I, I think about all the experience that you've had, and that turned up place that that's called Staten Island. I can't believe you live there and and ref out there. If you can, if you describe the most thickiest situation that you've ever had as a basketball official.
1: You know, pretty. I've been pretty. I've been able to pretty stay pretty quiet under radar for the most part. I've given some technical fouls. Nothing serious. I, I haven't. I never had like a crazy ball game. Where you know it went. Oh, you know what, Rob? I just thought about something. Like, yeah, so I did. I did. A, I had a playoff game a couple of years ago at Curtis, and it was it was for this. It was in this city, and it, it was fun. I think it was, and, and it actually. I don't think you think it was a Boston game. I think the supervisor of the JV had asked me to do a favor, and I went there to do the game. The actually, it wound up being a brawl. We actually, the fans came on. We actually had to clear the court. And uh, we wound up running upstairs. There was another ref. They, they cleared the court, and then we wound up uh, postponing the game. Actually, wow! Because oh, there was the fans. The fans were actually fighting with each other from the schools, and then they wanted to spoil them the court. And they started coming at the referees, And it was funny. So you put yourself in a situation where you know you think nothing was going to happen. It wasn't even a game at your level. You were actually helping out a signer. and it went actually crazy. That was probably the, the most. Uh, the stickiest situation. i I tell you one time, a school, I'll tell you, I don't want to say the school of a coach, but I, I, I ejected a coach in Brooklyn during the playoffs for the PSAL and uh, play out uh, the boroughs the boroughs and the uh, police officer came up and said, I'm going to give you a call. <laughs> 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 it was it was, it was a great, it was actually probably one of the best technical fouls ejected in my, my career. I'll be honest, I will say that. I'll give myself a for that one. I had a million referees call me after the game. and They said, "Of course, uh, you know it's not hard to see. Them, you, know, you know, like me on the PSL game. They didn't know who it was. So, you know, the phone was ringing, and like, yeah, it was me. It was me. Wow. <laughs> so uh, those might be the two things. But I feel like it's, I think like it's a rite of passage, right? You know, yeah. that's what happens. It's wrong.
0: Yeah, listen, it's yeah. all about. I I was telling somebody the other day, like it was a basketball player because they were like getting at the refs and. I had the varsity game after and he was talking to me and he was like, yo, why? Like, I don't understand like why he ain't getting better. I'm like, yo, just like you said earlier on, like you just have to do games. Like it's repetition. It's nothing. I, I tell it's like the secret. So when I tell people, like when we practice refereeing, it's not the same thing as like playing basketball, basketball, you can like dribble the ball. You could shoot like you could shoot by yourself. Right. It's like, it's just hard to practice refereeing like by yourself. Right. And, like, all you do is, like, mental things. You feel me?
1: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I talk to myself all game long when I'm repping. Like I said, it's all mental. Yeah. I mean, when you first learn, learn you look in the mirror, you, you make your signals, your calls. I mean, I'm still doing that now. But Like, you're watching other people's mechanics, obviously, which we didn't address in terms of basketball, but that's a huge part, too. Mm. But, yeah, it's right. If you don't have, you're not out there repping, you ain't getting better. 100%. 100%. Yeah.
0: Agreed. Yeah, it's hard, hard to uh, get good if there's no games going on. But out of your whole career, your whole time refereeing, if you could pinpoint one moment that was your best, what do you think is your best moment thus far as a basketball official?
1: Uh, well, the best moment was definitely when I got uh, into the, in, into the colleges. When I got when I, I when I went to the uh, trial for the CBOA when I was twenty nine, and I got pulled over the side by the supervisor and said, "Bill, I'm taking you this year." That was a big that was a big accomplishment for me. That and I will actually set up the PSL when I ref the uh, the state, the federation final mm. representing the out. That was a great game. That was Wings uh Wings against Craig the King. And it was um two great plays. The one player that he went to Georgetown, I can't think of his name right now, seven footer. Craig the King had a squad and uh Wings Wings beat them up there, like 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 a couple points. It was a great game. And I were at, we had a great crew. I was with um I was with Sean Morgan
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh Luel Rose
0: wow. that game
1: so and it was all good guys, all friends with, so we had a, we had a great time.
0: That sounds like an awesome time,
1: time man. Damn. And then, they, and then I stayed there and I did the a final the next day on the Saturday, and that was another great game. I got to work with Phil, was Phil Junior. and Andrew Arini, so all good, all good guys. And like you know, those are those, those are great. Those, those are great games. It was fun just to work with those guys, friends of yours, you know. And that's that's another thing. You, you know, you know, you look at your schedule, you look at Arbor or whatever your signing system is. And you see that your friends on a game, you're like, oh, this is going to be a great day. It's going to be fun. We're gonna have a good time. You know,
0: that's, that's the best part about this. It really is. Damn, man. You, you're giving me goosebumps about working with my peoples, man. And, man, I really appreciate this, man. I hope I work with you at some point. But final question I have for you. Officiating has brought you so many different places. It brought you up to the federations. It brought you to do some crazy PSAL games. And, of course, games that you've done at Staten Island. What does officiating basketball mean to you? What is it given to you in your life?
1: Basically, it's just giving me something else to love. You know, honestly, it's like you know, it's it's made like the uh, order. It's like you know, you talk about your life, you say family, you know, you know, God, work, and basketball. Like that's and and and, and it used to be basketball, then that became officiating. You know, because I love the sport. so it made it's in my top four. You know, it's like literally, you know, and obviously and and education, obviously my job. So I you know, it's my top five. It's in my top five, right now. So that's what that just gave it to me, which it's, I, which I feel, it, it's definitely saying a lot. Obviously, it's something that's always on my mind. It's always, always on my mind. It's you know, going throughout my day. It's something you dream about. You know, it's something will strive forward To, you know, it's a goal that you want to reach. You know, you know, my 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 work life. I'm trying to be on principle. In refereeing, I want to try and eventually become a division one official. Those are huge things. You know, when you become a goal in your life, that's you. That's, that's you know, monumental in my in my mind.
0: I completely agree, man. And I hope we can consider each other friends, man. I, I want to start a friendship with you, man. I, I just enjoyed speaking to you, man. But I thank you for your time. Any final words you want to say before we part ways?
1: I just hope you have a great 2021, 20, 2022 season. And all the guys that are home sitting on the couches right now, get out there, do some yoga. <laughs> <laughs> get in. You can have a great season next year because I, I can't wait for this to come back and, you know, get out there again. Have some fun.
0: Appreciate you, man. For Phillips Zaccaro. Ralph the Ref, this is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace.